It's kind of hard not to uh, express a few emotions, but I'm going to see if I can hold off on that till next Sunday. Um, but uh, but let us uh, look at Advent this morning in this kind of special light. You know, there's there's something going on during this season that we can often miss. Well, we rush sometimes to things like very quickly, you know, sometimes the commercial world sets our calendars instead of kind of the church world in a sense, right? So, so we follow other calendars and, and there's a little room for some of these things. Christmas is like the, the climax and then we're done the next day, but, but there's something to this season. And I want to just kind of see if I can highlight a little bit of that. Uh, this, this morning we'll le- read from Luke's first chapter begin in verse 5. And, you know, Advent is the announcement that the one who came is the one who continues to come to us constantly and the one who will come again to enter and alter history as we know it. So Advent is the celebration and a call for us to take part in this announcement. And we want to look at the one this morning who is the announcer, so to speak, right? So we will look at that from beginning in verse 5 in the first chapter of the Gospel of Luke. In the days of King Herod of Judea, there was a priest of Abijah's division named Zechariah. His wife from the da- was uh, a daughter uh, of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. Both were righteous in God's sight, living without blame according to the commands and requirements of the Lord. But they had no children because Elizabeth would not conceive, and both of them were well along in the years. When his division was on duty and he was serving as a priest before God, it happened that he was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and burn incense. At the hour of incense, the whole assembly of the people were praying outside. An angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing up to the right of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw him, he was terrified and overcome with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, because your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you will name him John. There will be joy and delight for you, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord and will never drink wine or beer. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit while he is still in his mother's womb. He will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord, their God. And he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the disobedient to the understanding of the righteous to make ready for the Lord a prepared people. How can I know this? Zechariah asked the angel. For I'm an old man and my wife is well along in the years. You see, that's a smart way of putting that. The angel, the angel answered him, but I'm Gabriel. 
who stands in the presence of God. And I was sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. Now listen. You will become silent and unable to speak until the day that these things take place. Because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their proper time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah, amazed that he stayed so long in the sanctuary. When he did come out, he could not speak to them. Then they realized that he had seen a vision in the sanctuary. He was making signs to them and remained speechless. When the days of his ministry were completed, he went back home. After these days, his wife Elizabeth conceived and kept herself in seclusion for five months. She said, the Lord has done this for me. He has looked with favor in these days to take away my disgrace among the people. The announcer. You know, Advent really is a time for us where we should learn to look away from ourselves. A sentence that stood out to me as I was reading this in prep for this morning was this sentence that said, Many will rejoice at his birth. Many will rejoice. What greater joy can you ever imagine for anyone to hear about their children than when it's said, many will come to rejoice at their birth. It really is Luke um, who helps us understand that the one about whom Jesus says that no one ever born among women are greater than he, that he is the one who will connect what was old to what is new, the old covenant to the new covenant, and and make everybody realize that there's a bridge and God will step into the world in a new, powerful, and strong way. What is old will pass away. What is new will come. And we shall look this morning, I hope, at this announcement, but also at the announcer. The herald, the one who speaks about what is to come. And hopefully you will find inspiration for what that means for your life, even as we look at this. We, in many ways, are at the very same place at our church. Not only in in terms of the season, which, of course, we are both here and around the globe. Every church will meet around the globe to to speak about the coming of Christ at this time. But, friends, this particular time in this particular place, God is, is ready to do something new and he'll, he'll connect what has been to what will come and then new work will begin even here in this place. And it all began with the one who was announcing that Christ will come. So for 400 years, heaven had been silent. There's been no word, no direct revelation. Uh, We have seen the last chapter of the Old Testament been written. No prophet has spoken up. History was ready for a new season, so to speak. People walked around. They didn't know. 
You know, same old, same old. They, you know, we're doing what we're doing. That's, and that was no different then. They were not, they were not aware that, that they would be very short until God would send his son who would step into their lives and change everything. That's much the same as in your life, isn't it? Whenever you found Christ or your neighbor or your workmate or your classmate or those that you play golf with or do other things uh, with, what, you know, what, It'll be your announcement to them that will introduce and, and make that bridge from their old life to the new life when Christ is coming in to their lives. That is the message of Advent. A new move of God that is about to be revealed. And you need to see yourself as the announcers of that. This season is designed for you to live through that. To announce that he is coming. That he's still the one who comes. And the introduction to all of that took its beginning. In the person about whom it says here. Many will rejoice at his birth. Think about that for a moment. You know, that's always, that's always true when it comes to the announcement of Christ, is it not? It's always like that. When, when someone suddenly sees Christ, it's because someone else has announced to them that he is coming and he's coming into their lives and he will change everything up when he's allowed to step in. So the question is, when someone else have their lives utterly changed by the testimony and the announcement of someone else because Christ is then doing his work, they will be rejoicing. I'm so glad. Thank you for introducing me to Christ. Many, many Will rejoice. Notice also, of course, what it says in the text here, right? He will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord, their God. Don't miss this. My question is to you, for your contemplation, you can write this down in the worship folder. Who will rejoice at your birth because you have let them? To eternal life through faith in Christ. That's not a rhetorical question, friends. Think about this. This season is designed for that. Look, so let's look at the announcer here, what we can learn even from his parents. You know, out of a thousand, you know, a thousand upon thousand, a humongous group of priests, God chose Zechariah. And Elizabeth, older couple, about whom it says that both were righteous before God. Not just Zechariah, but, but both. Elizabeth is, is involved here in the exact same way that Zechariah is. Don't miss this. And so, this is the calling right here. What, what, what's going on with this 
In the sight of God is another way of saying that their biggest interest was not whether other people considered them righteous. Their biggest interest was not whether other people thought that they were great. They, their only real concern was what did God say about us? When they woke up in the morning, what was in their minds and maybe even on their lips in prayer was this, Lord, how can we this day live faithfully? Before you. You see, righteousness has to do with guidance. It is not about jot and tittle stuff. To be righteous before God has to do with seeking his guidance for how you live. And nothing, nothing is clear. Then you do something to please God. At the top of that list is to announce the coming of his son. Into other people's lives. Don't miss this friend. So yeah. I couldn't help but to read. You know I do that a lot. When I read these things. And I turn it against myself. Or toward myself. And I say Lord. What does that mean. To me. What is most important. In my life. Is that what other people might say about it. Or what you may say. About me. To them, that was a question. I mean, you know, if I ask you the same thing, we all know what the right answer is. The question is, what is the real answer in your life? What is it that deepest down motivates you to do and to speak the way you do and speak? Advent. Is a season for us to contemplate that very question. Again, I want to reiterate so that no one understand, misunderstands this, right? That, that this is not righteousness here. It's not about, you know, being sinless. It doesn't say that Zechariah and Elizabeth were sinless before God. What it refers to is the very quality of their lives. And that became revealed. Through the way they were seeking God's presence. In other words, they were clear that they needed to thank God and seek God for his grace and his merciful direction every day. How is it possible to live faithfully, trustworthily, if you will, with your faith? So let's look. At this here. Because the real focus here is it's not about them. And we'll see that when we get also to the end as strongly as as possible here. The focus was not on themselves and their own preferences. But on God's preferences. And their very names express that reality. You know, Zechariah means the Lord remembers his promises. Elizabeth means that God is an oath that is, he is absolutely, unquestionably trustworthy. Unmistakably, they had, through a long life, clinged to this truth. That God will remember his promises. He is utterly trustworthy. Just imagine this. In a time when it was... 
looked upon like if you were childless, you did not have the blessing of God. They continued to pray, trusting that he has never forgotten them. In a time when it was customary for a, for a man to s- divorce his wife because she was not carrying his child, they never stopped remembering that he is merciful and full of grace. And it was so much. That is really an astounding statement if you think about it. It was so much that when the angel came and it says that they were way up in age, the angel was still able to say, the Lord has heard your prayers. Huh. Most of us have probably given up a long time before that, yes? Just think of this for a moment, friends. Just let that kind of simmer in your heart, if you will. These are the people that are announcing the coming of Christ. And God is using this. It was always kind of his recipe. You know, what What are the people that truly can become faithful and, and, and fruitful in my kingdom? And, and you see that at the very beginning of the, the first covenant. God speaks to Isaac, the son of Abraham, right? The, the father of faith. And God says it like this to Abraham, right? Through your offspring, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. Why? Because... Abraham trusted my word. And the same now comes back here at the beginning of the new covenant. Advent, friends, is the announcement that Christ is coming. There's a new beginning. God will reveal himself to people in a personal way. As strongly as we can possibly understand that. But keep looking with me here and just notice the context here is, is extraordinary. Along with this announcement that the child here, the, the forerunner, the announcer, John the Baptist, right along with the statement that he will cause many to rejoice, I guess who would say it that way. Along with that, you have several characteristics being pointed out. One of them, of course, the first one is that his name is going to be, be, be John or Johannes, to say it in, in the original language. And we always wonder, why is the name significant? We just kind of give the names we think looks, sounds right for our children. But when God bows down and said, I want him to be called that, it's because every aspect of his existence needed to point to this very thing. So, so the word Johannes or John means God is merciful. And so think of it this in that way, right? That, that every time someone even mentioned John's name, they were speaking about the mercy and grace of Christ. That's where it goes. And then it says here that that he's going to bring joy and delight to his parents. 
That kind of devotion, the kind of devotion that had carried Zechariah and Elizabeth would become even stronger in their son's life. So much that many will rejoice. And I wonder if that's not deepest down. Just think about it for a moment. I can't be the only one. I know I'm not. I know some of you are far closer to God than, than I am, but I want to be there too. Is that not our desire? Really that that may be true, that many will rejoice. That we will bring joy and delight. That's the call for this Advent season, friend. Don't miss this. And then what follows right here, right as that is said, is that he will be filled with God's spirit from the very beginning, even from his mother's womb. Again, I, I, I sometimes wonder, you know, we're Baptists, right? Yes? And so we're not on the forefront speaking about the Holy Spirit. It's not that we don't. We just don't stay there too long. And sometimes you wonder why we're not. When you look at Scripture, it's all over the place. That is exactly what it is here. And we see when you go to the Old Testament, the one who is speaking about the new thing coming, the prophet Jeremiah says the exact same thing about him. Right Before you were born, right? When you were in your mother's womb, I sanctified you. I called you. I appointed you to be a prophet unto the nations. And here, the same kind of language. It's about a directional change. It's, it, you know, to, to, when the Spirit comes upon us, it's the same, same, same language, right? When, when it came there, he's really speaking about the church. Don't miss this. When we become born again, it's the same thing. Jesus puts it like this. You shall be born again. And then it says, when the Spirit comes upon you, you shall be my witnesses. Here, there, and to the ends of the world. It's the same kind of notion. When the Spirit comes, it's, it's about a different kinds of spirit that comes to characterize who you are. Your own spirit is taken over by, by God's Spirit in a sense, by the atmosphere that is you. The very thing that you present and you kind of ooze or radiate, however you will say it, is now characterized by the Spirit. That is from God, and He directs. It's not all that different. See the language here? When Jesus talks about the kingdom, Jesus says, The kingdom of God is not about what you eat and what you drink, but it's about righteousness and joy and peace in the Holy Spirit. That's the kind of person. That you become as the Spirit fills your life. That's exactly also what, how they describe this announcer, the one speaking to others about the coming of Jesus.
So here we are. There's a real statement here, and it's really powerful when you start thinking about it. Just look at the, the text here about, and he shall be filled with the Holy Spirit. I hope this Advent season will fill you with a deep desire that many will rejoice because of your word that leads them to Christ. I hope that your Advent season will be characterized in such a way that it's clear that the Holy Spirit has kind of taken over in a clear way. You know, the end of this text, I'm going to end with this. It's one of my favorite statements ever. I may have mentioned it even in a different context because I kind of love this. So what happens? Well, Zechariah objects. Kind of comes with excuses. This is brilliant language, right? I'm old and she's up in age. And no sooner has he said that, right, expressing who he is, until the angel said, well, who cares? I'm Gabriel. I stand before God. It doesn't matter who you are. I'm Gabriel. Your excuses have nothing to do with that. You're just looking at yourself. Don't look at yourself. God is not controlled by who you are. God has the ability to do through you and in you whatever he jolly well pleases. Yes? Don't miss this, friends. It is very much kind of intriguing thing when you see Gabriel 500 years earlier. He stood before Daniel and Daniel had asked if he would be there to help. And he was wondering, he had prayed for three weeks and nothing had seemed to happen. And then Gabriel shows up, same Gabriel. And he says, the Lord heard your prayer the first day, 21 days earlier. You can read the text, Daniel 10. That same Gabriel astounded Daniel so much that it says that he was speechless. Much the same as here. You know, sometimes we use our own excuses. You know, I can't do this or, you know, who am I? But friends, it does not matter how young you are, how old you are, how strong you are, how weak you are, how well you are how sick you are, how educated you are, how uneducated you are, none of that matters because it's not about you, it's about God. That's what matters, what he can do. Far too often, we have missed what God could do because we did not have the imagination to even envision what he could do in our lives. And the only way out of that is to surrender. And simply say, Lord, this Advent season reminds me. It's not about me. But it's about me being the announcer for the one that is the center of all things. Your son, 
Jesus Christ. I want to ask you, and then I want to give an opportunity for us all to pray. Who in your circle of influence, on your group of friends, people you know, need to see someone about whom it can be said, I rejoice because of his birth or her birth. Because through that, I became a Christian. It became Advent, friends, for that very reason. Let me encourage you to reflect on this. We have a few minutes. Let's spend some time just praying. Some of you may want to come here and pray. Some of you may want to do right where you are. But let's just pray a little bit. Ask God, what are you telling me right this moment?